Welcome to the National 5 RMPS podcast here at Stuart's Melville College with me, Mrs Crichton, me, Mr Rylands, and me, Mr Chalmers. Today, we move on to the second of the mandatory content headings in Judaism, the dual nature of human beings. Dual nature? That sounds intriguing. It does. But to really understand it, we need to go back to the original creation story and consider what Jews believe about human beings in general first. Judaism teaches that on the final day of creation, God formed human beings from the dust of the earth and then breathed life into them, making humans in his own image. What? To look like him? No, as God doesn't have a corporal form. Correct. We're not talking about anything physical, but rather the ability to create and to freely do so. But it's important to note, to be made in the image of God is not only a description of our creative powers, it is also a statement of responsibility about the way we treat others. Do we see God in them? Do we recognise that all people are created in this image? Not just the famous people, or the people who can serve us in some way. As Rabbi Arthur Green wrote, we are created in the image of God, if you will, and we are obliged to return the favour. Great! But I'm still not seeing where dual nature comes in. Don't worry, we're getting there. The Torah teaches that on the final day of creation, God made two people, who he named Adam and Eve. They were created without an evil inclination, and they saw nothing wrong in being nudie-woody. However, this was soon to change. The serpent, the most cunning of all the beasts created by God, approached Eve and slowly but surely convinced and pressured her to partake in the fruit of the tree of knowledge. She, in turn, shared the fruit with her husband Adam. Immediately, Adam and Eve became aware of their nakedness, and they covered themselves with girdles sewn from fig leaves. I know this bit. Divine retribution for transgressing God's command was not long in coming. Eve was cursed with the pain of pregnancy, birth and child-rearing, coupled with subservience to her husband, while Adam was punished with the need to labour the earth to produce bread, and human life would now end with death. What's more... Adam and Eve were banished from the Garden of Eden. This story teaches us that there is a duality to life, a division between good and evil, and the freedom to choose between them. Jews do not believe that life is predetermined, and we are responsible for our actions and the consequences. Well, I certainly do not want to be turned into a pillar of salt. Or mauled by bears. So, how can we avoid death by lion? Well... Judaism teaches that just as Adam and Eve were created without knowledge of good and evil, humans are still born in the same way. They possess purely a survival instinct. Judaism calls this the Yetzirah. Ah, it's the drive we have to seek out food, comfort, shelter, basically everything we need to survive. But at the point of maturity, which in Judaism is 13 for boys and 12 for girls, They become the sons and daughters of the commandments, marking this event with a special celebration, the bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah. Yes, bar meaning son of and bat meaning daughter of and mitzvah meaning commandment. But the key here is that at this point they gain a moral conscience called the Yetzatov. Finally, we get to why it's dual nature, Yetzatov and Yetzaharah. The two sides to human nature, the instinct to survive and the moral conscience. Yes, 
But because we are able to realise right and wrong, we can be held responsible for our actions. But the interesting thing is, neither the Yetzatov nor Yetzaharah is good or bad in itself. We can all see that it would be wrong to be ruled by our Yetzaharah and eat all the pies. But we do need food to survive. And equally, we need to share. But if our Yetzatov was so strong that we gave away all of our food to the needy, we'd starve. So the Yetzatov and Yetzaharah need to be balanced. Correct. But in order to do that, the Yetzatov needs to be strengthened and developed. Otherwise, the natural inclinations, the Yetzaharah, will take over. But how can we do that? Well, an obvious way would be to read the Tanakh and follow the mitzvot found there, all 613 of them. You could also pray in a minyan, a group of ten Jewish men, who support each other in prayer. You could also ensure that you observe Shabbat, or the Sabbath, and attend synagogue each Saturday. Yeah, and chat to your rabbi whilst you're there. So, do we think that this belief is more positive than negative? I can see how it could be viewed as negative. The fact that we're created with a Yetzirah means that things like greed feel entirely natural. It's like we've been set up to fail. I concur. God gave humans the ability to choose, but not the gift of omniscience. So it's hard to remember how to act sometimes. God didn't really help matters. Also, even though humans have the gift of free will, they are only rewarded if they act as God wants them to. So it's not really freedom if they're punished for behaving how they want to. Yeah, agreed. Jews are taught that to be good humans, they must follow the 613 mitzvot. But there are far too many. It's impossible in the modern world, so it's a system where we'll always feel like failures. Being placed above all other creation, and having to act as stewards of that creation, caring for the environment, particularly in the face of global warming, could feel like an absolutely crushing responsibility. But are there any positives? I would say so, yes. Being created in God's image is a gift that no other creature was given, so this is cause to celebrate and isn't entirely negative. We have the ability to think for ourselves and be creative, so we should want to use that ability wisely and not just moan about it. Also, it's worth realising that although there are punishments, there are also great rewards, so this negative is balanced out fairly. God has given many instructions on how to live, so although people could go wrong, God has taught how to turn those wrongs into rights, and it's easy to find the way back to God. As it says in Malachi 3, verse 7, Return to me, and I will return to you. I'd still like to discuss the concept of free will a little more, particularly when given the 613 mitzvot that must be followed. Agreed. So let's make that a topic for another day.